Hello Hello there. there. Welcome back to Star Wars in a Galaxy, watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. I'm Eli. Uh, Jacob's still not with us uh, for these Theme Between Themes. We do have a guest, though. Uh, Welcome back to Star Wars in a Galaxy, watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on, if I didn't already say that. We do have a guest. Uh, If you follow us on Twitter, which follow us on Twitter at In a Galaxy Pod, you know that our guest for this week is the host of Afra's Artifacts on YouTube and also a competitor in the movie trivia showdown Star Wars Division, um, Marie Wilson. How are you doing, Marie? I'm fantastic. Doing wonderfully. Great. I'm so excited uh, for this Theme Between Themes episode right here. Uh, let's do our little Theme Between Themes intro that I made up on the fly a few weeks ago. You're entering another plane. A plane where we leave behind the logistical issues, canon continuity, and Easter eggs. Only here are thematic ideas and symbolic imagery. You're entering a theme between themes. What's in here? Only what you take with you. Before we get into our little theme between themes uh, thing right here, I'd like to um, uh, get to know Marie a little bit more and have everyone here get to know Marie a little bit more before we get into this. So... First things first, uh, I want to ask you how you got into Star Wars. Well, I was 10 years old, um, so 1996, when um, my dad decided to show me the original trilogy. And I fell in love immediately. And we watched all three movies in two days. And so it was like all of it all at once. And my parents, obviously, you know, they waited until I was 10 to show it to me. So like they weren't, they love it, but they're not, they're behind on the current movies and all that. So, but me, like I took to it and like on tests, I would draw pictures of um, different characters and I, I just ate it up. I loved it. And then the prequels just lured me and Huge prequel fan here. Huge prequel fan. Um, And yeah, then when Canon got restarted um, was about the same time that I was struggling with a lot of emotional stuff. And it really helped me knowing that I could start from the beginning and really keep up with everything helped me to combat my own demons. And that was really, really awesome. That's great. That's so interesting to hear, and that's that your journey is really interesting. Uh, how did you get into how did you get into Star Wars content creation? Oh, so that is all because of Dragon Con. So I went to Dragon Con and saw these panels, Star Wars panels, and I was like, sometimes I thought. I know more than the panelists. And so I was like, I I need to be up there. But how do I get up there? I have to do something that shows that I know what I know. And also the Dragon Con Trivia Contest, I took it my first year and got in the top 10 and was like, oh man, to study, I could start a review blog and I have a review for every single bit of canon material. And with those reviews, I can go back and reread and catch up and be prepared for trivia the upcoming year. So it really, DragonCon is what got me started on um, content creation. 
I forgot in my intro to reference you as 2020 Dragon Con Trivia Star Wars Champion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I watched that match as it was going live. I was on uh, the Star Wars Explained YouTube channel, and that was like, again, I like to think I'm into Star Wars trivia. That Star Wars trivia contest is, I'm sure you've heard it thousands of times, it's like off the walls. It's, um, <laughs> yeah. it's crazy. Uh and, it, like, just the general idea of being a canon completionist, even though, like, I watch a lot of Star Wars stuff. Like, indeed, yeah. the Nomad Droids, one of the episodes, was the third time I've watched that episode this year, which is three more times than I would have liked to watch that episode this year, to be completely honest with you. Um, <laughs> but uh, but even, even that, like, I'm very behind on all the books and comics and stuff so i can't imagine like trying to watch and read everything but i know there are those people who just try and soak it all in and i admire yeah. that a lot <laughs> um yeah uh so uh speaking of star wars stuff um let's get into we do on in a galaxy every week a review of the most recent bad batch episode so i thought i'd have marie join me for this one um, this episode is being released around a week or two after it's recorded, so this is not the most recent one. It's, um, the one before that, um, Bad Batch episode 10. That was hard for me to remember for some reason. 10, Common Ground, in the episode The Bad Batch Go and Rescue, uh, Raxus Senator, uh, Avi Singh from capture by the empire after he spoke out against their tyranny while leaving omega behind for reasons uh and coming back to ord mantel to discover that omega has made so much money by playing hollow chess that she has managed to pay off the entire debt that the batch owed to sid the entire thing <laughs> it was a weird episode for me because after the monumentalness of the last two episodes, it felt like mm. we kind of took a step back and did some more character-driven stuff. And I was kind of still expecting to be going at the fast pace we were going um, in, in the last two episodes. Yeah. I loved that they went back to Raxus because instead of giving us a brand new planet, with a brand new set of issues, they went back to the separatist capital and were like, we're going to continue this storyline. And I thought that was so cool. Yeah. That's a, that's something that the bad batch is starting to do very, very well. In my opinion is yeah. continuing storylines from the clone wars and making them interesting and evolving them with yeah. the like cut storyline from cut and run or like the Martez mm -hmm. sisters storyline mm -hmm. in decommit. I was, I was saying to somebody this morning, we got the Martez sisters in the Bad Batch. I didn't think we were going to get the Martez sisters in the Bad Batch. That's ridiculous. <laughs> like, it's so cool, but it's like, never in my wildest dreams did I think we were going to get Cad Bane back in the Bad Batch. I thought that guy yeah. was dead. I, got, I thought he was dead. I thought like it was the crazy fan theory stuff of, oh, we're going to get, we're going to get Snoke in the Bad Batch. I'm like, no, we're not going to get Cad Bane in the Bad Batch. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's crazy to me how well they've been doing this um, continuation of the Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. Also, in that episode, what absolutely. I really adored. Uh, wait, go ahead. Sorry, I. Oh, I just said absolutely. Just okay. Um. Uh. One of the things I adored is that first three minutes of the episode. I think was the best part of that episode. 
before the bad bet gets involved, mm-hmm. with Singh beginning to praise the Empire, but then walking back that, and that whole examination of that side and how that's heading, it seemed very much weirdly to me, like, do you know that part in chapter four of The Mandalorian where before Mando sets down on Sorgan, they we take a look at what the people of Sorgan are going through before he comes there, so we get a little yeah. context. It felt very much like that to me, where we got this context without any of the main characters in there, um, and I really like that device, and I and I and I always appreciate when the device gets used. Yeah, I I think that was, and, and I I loved how you had this senator you know of the and he wasn't he wasn't continuing to be a separatist he was just continu- he was being a a human a person who loved his people and wanted to help his people and mm-hmm. i thought that was really cool it's it was an old thing i remember in some legend stuff where the early rebels were the were the former separatists and I didn't think we were going to be going back to that in canon because I didn't think canon was ever going to get that specific. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't think canon was going to say, like, oh, well, some early Rebel Cells were former Separatists. I didn't think they were going to go there. But they went there, which I actually admire a lot and I think really yeah. like, says a lot of about, like, what... When canon said, oh, we're going to take the best things from Legends, I mean, they're taking a lot of great things from Legends. Um, I definitely think so. I even some of the weird stuff, but some of the weird stuff is is pretty great. So yeah, I'm I'm not <laughs> caught up on this comic, but I really want to actually catch up on this comic. They introduced Dirge and Afra. Yeah, I yeah. <sighs> I love Dirge. I gotta start like reading. I started reading the Vader comic because I was so obsessed with Ochi of Bestoon. Um, I think nice. I might just start reading Afra because I I love Dirge so much. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. I obviously highly recommend the Doctor Afra comic. Really, I didn't I know you were it. so interested. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I understand that Afra plays a pretty big role in your Star Wars love, but apparently, uh, you know who else plays a pretty big role? Nice segue here. Um, C-3PO, Human-Cyborg Relations. Mm. Um, yeah, so what Marie did for this theme between themes is a little different, but I love it just the same. Um, she decided to do two episodes of Star Wars The Clone Wars, Bombad Jedi and Nomad Droids, and then she put together this crazy little montage of clips from all across the, uh, movies, uh... Every movie except for, I'm pretty sure, Return of the Jedi, The Last Jedi, Rogue One, and Solo is on here. Yeah. Um, uh, so we have clips from Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, The Clone Wars movie, Revenge of the Sith, New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Force Awakens, and The Rise of Skywalker. Um, that give us a very good general overview of who C-3PO is, why he does what he does, um, and kind of our background around... Uh, C-3PO. So, before we get into, like, the nitty-gritty and the details, um, I guess I'll just ask you, Marie, this. Why C-3PO? Why'd you choose this? What draws you to C-3PO? So, for me, he is the most relatable character in Star Wars. Um, I, growing up, 
I always had problems being ostracized and be like always trying to be helpful and always trying to be a nice person, but seemingly being um, just people being mean for no reason, it felt like. And so I I get that. Like, I lived it, you know, because C-3PO is always trying to be helpful and he has such a genuinely good heart, but people treat him like he's not worth being around. And it's like, oh, it's so sad. Like, he's just he just wants to help. And so I I feel that like I I mean, my life is a lot better now. I'm 34 years old and I've, you know, grown into myself. But like definitely when I was, you know, in like middle school, Lord have mercy, I definitely dealt with C-3PO type situations. So it's interesting to me, like, because, you know, you have these daring heroes, Anakin Skywalker, you know, Luke Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Leia, all those people who, you know, just rush headlong into danger. So you yeah. feels like, I'm out. Yeah. I'm gone. But- I mean, look, he's, he's, I'm not trying to diss on C-3PO. He's brave when it counts. Um, but <laughs> it, it does, there's, there's something inherently relatable about him just constantly running away from, I think of that point um, in New Hope where mm-hmm. the stormtroopers come into the Tantive IV and they're just shooting and 3 is just running away, <laughs> uh, just scared for his life. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's an inter- he's an interesting character and w- one of the things I love about C-3PO is how present he is. He's around for everything. <laughs> There's yeah. nothing that this droid hasn't seen. Um, yeah. you know, Anthony Daniels has been in every single Star Wars movie, and 11 of those have been as C-3PO. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like, he, this, this, this droid is not going away anytime soon. Marie and I have decided to start at the beginning of the chronological, um, side and go to the end, um, uh, so we first have a bunch of clips from The Phantom Menace, where 3PO is introduced. We see Anakin build him, and then after the pod race, Anakin leaves uh, and uh, doesn't take 3PO along with him, leaving him on Tatooine. Um, I- I'll make sure Mom doesn't sell you anything. Sell me! Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm like oh my gosh his maker like yeah he's always saying the maker and his maker was like i'll be sure that mom doesn't sell you or anything and i'm just like what no, anakin and the thing is my favorite character in all of star wars is anakin so like i i, I feel attacked i'm like you're one of my attacked. favorite characters and you're so mean to C-3PO who you built like I mean he says you know you've been a great pal which is sweet but it's still kind of <laughs> then he immediately like, shafts him at, at, yes! and he's like oh, make sure mom doesn't sell you or anything and and, and, <laughs> and, and I actually wrote in my notes I was saying I'm like it's it's a weird part of the plot that the crew in Phantom Menace doesn't take 3PO with them. 
Like, I know it doesn't yeah. really make sense tactically, but, like, story-wise, it seems like... Why wouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's strange. Uh, I know this was a controversy when the prequels were coming out. Did you have... you? It doesn't seem like you do. Do you have any issue with Anakin building C-3PO? I know some people not, have some issues with that. I don't know. No, not, like, yeah. not at all. I, I think it was a brilliant connection. I I thought it was really cool. Yeah, it's like... Because, like, they don't meet in the original trilogy or anything, so there's nothing there that's, like, actually conflicted. I never actually minded that, um, personally, but, yeah, I actually just... This first encounter between him and R2, there's some shaky parts of The Phantom Menace. That scene is perfection. The introduction of C-3PO and R2-D2 is... They could have totally made that as cheesy as they could. They didn't. They did it perfectly. Um, <laughs> my pots are showing. It's like auto- automatically R2 is just already butting heads with him, which I love. Um, yeah, they are, they're already acting. They already have that great chemistry with each other. And yeah. it's like they just met. <laughs> it, it's it's great. Um, yeah, I it, it's it's interesting to me that like we only see C-3PO as the gold we know him as. Mm-hmm. in Revenge of the Sith. Um, it's, yeah. it's interesting to me that, like, he's not even fully completed in Phantom Menace. <laughs> he has this, like, really, like... I, I, I've heard him described as silver C-3PO in Attack of the Clones. That does not look like silver. It's, like, gold. Or, and not gold. It's, like, gray or something like yeah. that. It's not even... Yeah. It's not... It's, it's so dull. Um... Probably from the sand. Yeah. Being on... Coarse and rough and Tatooine irritating. for... Yeah. <laughs> Gets everywhere. And then I thought it was interesting how his very first line is a line of confusion. Where he's like, <laughs> yeah. he can't see anything. So it's yeah. like, begins his being confused and ending up in crazy situations. This reminds his me... His very first line. He reminded me of the whole spiel I went on in our last Theme Between Themes episode about... Um, Kylo Ren's last line, Ben Solo's last line being "ow" and how great that was. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I will defend that. I know people have like criticized that. that I will defend that move forever. Um, no, but see, but you're you have a good point. Three uh, PS first line in the chronologically being confusion, and mm-hmm. then I'll add to that release order. Three PS other first line is also confusion. Yeah, did you hear that? They'll shut. They've shut down the main reactor. We'll be destroyed for sure. Yeah. Um, which is exactly perfect. Also, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Anything else you got about Phantom Menace before we go on to the Attack of the Clones? Stuff? Um, I don't think so. Okay, think let's. That's the main. Yeah. Yeah, let's get on to Attack of the Clones. We have one clip here where. They show up, Anakin and Padme and R2 show up on Tatooine. Um, Ten years have gone by. C-3PO is fully plated in not silver, I guess. Um, And and he is, um, and C-3PO, this is one of my favorite things. He's just watching. He's just standing there. Major galactic dramas going on. He's just like, so I'm here. I'm just standing here. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. 
I I really like this particular scene because it shows the one person that is kind to C-3PO all the time. And that's Padme. Interesting. She, like, if you, if you pay attention to how she interacts with him, she, a couple times, she's, like, she'll, she'll, you know, gently brush him off. But she's never brusque with him. She's never, like, she's always Luke. very kind. Because, like, even Luke is, like, a little bit cranky at the beginning. Like, Luke, Luke's, Luke, I love him, but, you know, he has that whiny phase in New Hope. And even then he's like, you know, get out of here, 3PO. Yeah, and I I just, Padme, so when when, um, C-3PO is like, oh my god, the maker. And Anakin's just like, I'm here to see my mother. And I get... (laughs) That Anakin is dealing with a lot of stuff, and he knows that his mother's in trouble, but his creation is so excited to see him, and he's just like... Get out of the way, I, I need to see her. Yeah, I want to see my mother. <laughs> and Padme's like, hello, C-3PO. Like, she's actually communicates with him, and I'm like, you're so sweet. <laughs> yeah. I'm like trying to think now. I'm going through my mind of everyone else's interactions with C3PO and anybody's, like, because I'm thinking who else would be consistently nice to 3PO, and I, I'm failing to think of anybody. Like Leia, maybe she tells him to shut up at one point. Okay, sure. Because I'm thinking like <laughs> I know like Han's like get the professor in the back, um, and yeah, Han's like a jerk to 3PO oh, constantly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and like. And I'm like, I'm trying to think of, like, Ray, but then Ray doesn't actually interact with 3PO as much as you think she would. Um, yeah. Ray's off will on say, her own adventures. Yeah. And, um, uh, not to jump too far, but just saying, in Rise of Skywalker, there's a little more respect for C-3PO. Yeah, there is. Um, than... But then there, but then there's, like, you know, there's that, um, shoot, there's that, um, part under the caves um, where Poe oh, just snaps yeah. to him, uh, the one time we we want you to talk, you can't. Yeah. Which, yeah. again, 3PO and, like, 3PO, Rise of Skywalker is 3PO's movie. Oh, I yeah. mean, at least of the Disney era, at least. Like, Force Awakens has some good stuff, Flash Jedi has a few things sprinkled in there, Rogue One has that little cameo scene. Rise of Skywalker is 3PO's outing. He, he's going, mm. he's going there. Um, yeah. Uh, maybe we'll get on to those, uh, Clone Wars clips. Okay. I couldn't believe I was watching this movie again. Um, yeah. Um, (laughs) we have, uh, C-3PO, um, figuring out that Padme's in danger and, uh, getting the, uh, Coruscant guard in there to rescue her from the clutches of Zero the Hut. Yeah, I love how, so this is another example of Padme being very kind to him and respecting the fact that, that he's able to actually accomplish things. Yep. And, um, Your timing but, was perfect. Yeah, she's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so I I just love that. I think it's so funny, the, the calm going off and then her tricking the battle droid since it's turning it on. And then, um, you know, C-3PO showing up and she's just like, 
sends him the message and yeah. you know he he follows through and he he's like am i too late he's so worried yeah. but he just wanted to save her <laughs> that's actually an interesting thing i was just realizing that both in the clone wars movie clips and in the bombad jedi episode mm-hmm. padme uses that trickery a lot more than yeah, i she thought does. she does yeah, she's sneaky. She she's <laughs> sneaky. She knows her she knows her stuff. Um yeah. Uh there, there's that actually I'll, we'll get to that later. That thing with the Jedi and Bombad Jedi and how she does not bat an eye. And I know it's about three people, like she does not bat an eye. She's like, Oh, thanks for rescuing me, Jedi, and that that, that like characters acting in Star Wars. So like actors pretending to act is yeah. always a funny thing. But, like, anytime Padme does it, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess the next thing we have right here are those two episodes, Bombad Jedi and Nomad Droids. Um, yes. Which, I got, I'll admit, Nomad Droids is not one of my favorite episodes. I like Bombad Jedi a lot more. Um, Bombad Jedi is a, is a fun little episode. Um... In one of my favorite exchanges ever, um, uh, maybe one of my favorite things C-3PO has ever said, um, they're talking about, Padme and C-3PO are talking about her ship, and Padme says, battle droids? No. Jar Jar? Jar Jar. Jar Jar. Which was <laughs> such, it's such a good exchange, it's, it's such a funny exchange, because, because... Not only does Padme know, but 3PO also knows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's such an awesome um, exchange right there. I uh, have repeated that exchange multiple times when I'm talking uh, to people about the Clone Wars because I just think it's so funny. <laughs> I love yeah, I love how C3PO is like Jar Jar. <laughs> yeah. That, there's another exchange that I didn't write down but now I'm thinking about it which is that point where C3PO thinks that Jar Jar died at the very beginning mm. and yeah. he's like oh no, it's all my fault. What have I done? And then Jar Jar appears, and then this is the funnier part. Threepio says something like, "If you're done messing around, we have to find Mistress Padme." He instantly yeah. switches from utter concern and dread to <laughs> the like the snippy protocol droid that he is, which is just perfect. Yeah, um, and he is he is very complimentary of Jar Jar, like. He, when that happens, the the death, when he thinks Jar Jar's died, he's like, he was so brave and is, you know, and it's all my fault and was just so sad. But yeah, when, when Jar Jar reappears, he's like, get me down from here. And like, <laughs> he's like, come he, on, he you're He acts fine. like 3PO again. He yeah. does 3PO again. See, 3PO is one of the few Star Wars characters who has never fought a single person in the entire series. And yet, without C-3PO, in some occasions, you know, some of our characters would have been dead. Yeah. 
Like, yeah. 3PO saves the day here, C-3PO saves the day in one of our clips from New Hope, mm-hmm. um, with the trash compactor, yeah. um, and there's that little trickery he go- does where he goes, like, the where he tells the battle droids, the Jedi, the Jedi's over there! I mean, that's really self-preservation, but it's, <laughs> it's, that's the other thing that 3PO does, uh, you know, it's an interesting thing that the heroes don't do. The heroes are so incredibly selfless that mm-hmm. they always put everybody uh, above themselves. And I'm not saying they shouldn't. 3PO does that too. But he never is... He never avoids self-preservation. He never yeah. avoids making sure that he's alright as well. Right. Uh, right. Which is important. It is. It is. And it's something that, Both that, important. that the heroes don't tend to do. There's <laughs> that line I... Um, I remember I was watching this for the last theme between themes very recently, um, where Luke says, and this is a line I missed somehow in Return of the Jedi, even though it's one of my favorite sequences from that movie. Soon I'll be dead and you with me when he's on the Death Star. And mm-hmm. it's an interesting idea that Luke was prepared to sacrifice himself on the second Death Star. Luke was prepared to die to see that mission through. I mean, of course, yeah. I mean, of course, Luke's prepared to die for anything because he's Luke, but. It's interesting on that mission, which is it's an it's a perspective that I didn't really get for that. And but three PO is never doing that. Well, actually, I shouldn't say never because we'll get to the rise of Skywalker, in which he pretty much does that. Um, yeah. So yeah, he doesn't until he does. I guess we can say uh, <laughs> he 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 doesn't until he does. Um, I I know that. You're a big fan of 3PO, and I, of course, am too. But I also kind of love that sometimes when 3PO... Because 3PO, one of his main components is intelligence. That he Mm -hmm. has been programmed, you know, Mm -hmm. to be able to blurt out flax quickly. And, you know, um, he has the... uh, He has ability to communicate in over six uh, six million forms of communication. However... The funny part is when the episode makes C-3PO a little dumb. When he... And it's not ever, like, stuff he doesn't know. It's, like, intuition stuff. It's stuff mm. he's supposed to implicitly figure out. Stuff yeah. he's supposed to figure out based on context that he never figures out. Um, Like, there's... Skipping ahead a little... Jumping ahead a little bit to Nomad Droids. There's that point, which is the craziest line ever, um, when he's with the... <sighs> I said this wrong, maybe. I don't know in our episode reviewing these. I don't know how to pronounce these. If you know how to pronounce these, please tell me I'm doing this wrong. Petitite Petunins. I, I call them the Patatites, but... Patatites, okay, yeah. I don't know. I th- That name always confused me. I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, when he when he when he when he looks at them all and goes, "Excellent, you are now a democracy," and then just yeah. walks away. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, "That's not how the force works." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when yeah. he doesn't when when he doesn't realize that like that maybe there's a little bit more to the situation than he might be aware of. That's true. <laughs> it's a that fun is true. thing. Anything you got for this uh, episode? I I have some other things, but I want to um, show you got as well. 
yeah, just a, a couple more things from uh, Bombad Jedi. Yeah. Um, so when Anaconda Far says that you are, to Jar Jar, you're either the bravest Jedi or the most foolish Jedi I've ever met. And Jar Jar says, I think I'm neither. And C-3PO goes, I think you're a little bit of both. And so I, I, he says it in like this super sweet, kind way, even though you know he's, by saying that, saying that he does believe Jar Jar is a fool to some degree. But he's yeah. also saying that he's super brave. So he's like complimenting Jar Jar while also being realistic. <laughs> see, see PO knows from, you know, being a droid how like people can easily get left out. And yeah. he 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 has that like initiative to make sure that like nobody can ever nobody will ever be left out. Yeah. Um there's um one of the m- most interesting parts of C3PO from I think anything in either of these two episodes is in this one. Um when Jar Jar accidentally opens Padme's closet and you yes, see Anakin's robe. Who's in yeah. who supposing this belongs to? I wouldn't know. Yeah, that you can 3PO tell he's... kept that secret. Yeah, yeah. Is like you know, there's that line. I'll reference it again from Rise of Skywalker. The one time we need you to talk, you can't. That you would think that three PO would not be able to keep his mouth shut about something like that, right? But he does. He does, which is fascinating. Yeah. And I like how they make it clear that he does know because he pauses in the middle of yeah. saying that sentence. Yeah, it, it, it's the whole, like, Star Wars character's acting, where he has to pretend like he has no idea what the heck's happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, let's see what else. We got some uh, classic 3PO lines in this episode. One of my favorites is that 3PO tells, um, I don't know who he tells about this. I think probably Jar Jar. He tells Jar Jar that he has a bad feeling about this. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I actually love when 3PO says that. There are characters that I like more when they say that and like when they don't say that. C-3PO is a good one because it just fits mm. with his character. He's yeah, constantly does. worried. So of course he has a bad feeling about this. <laughs> it's also, you know, just famous Star Wars line. So I love that stuff. Um, anything else before we get to the Nomad droids? Um, I think that's it. There was the one, the one time where C-3PO, um, after the second time Jar Jar dies, he's like, he was always such a misfit. (laughs) And I just like, but he's still like like reminiscing he's like sad that jar jar is dead again (laughs) you think he'd realize that jar jar is just not like um dying um (laughs) it's so crazy that's such a it's a bombad jedi just in general going a little further beyond c3pl for a second is such a crazy it's such a weird episode and it's a it's a one-off episode in the clone wars which is more common early on than later on but it, they never make it seem like that was just an isolated event because basically the implication is that Far was like killed because of that. Yeah. Later in the war. Yeah. Which is kind of nuts for this like you know 
crazy little funny kids episode about Padme, Jar Jar, and C-3PO <laughs> to be the cause of the death of Anaconda Far. Yeah. It's it, such a crazy trio. <laughs> it, it is. It's weird also that C-3PO in this episode is without R2. It's it's That's something true. that, like, you know, I'm trying to think. When do we see him other than in the movie, in the Clone Wars movie, in Rise of Skywalker, in, in Force clock. Awakens, in Force Awakens, because okay, R2's yeah. shut down. Yeah. Um, but that's it. That's all the times he's without R2 in this thing. Every mm-hmm. single other time R2 is near him or with him. In the comics sometimes they're they're separated, but that's just that's the comics. Yeah. Um it's it's interesting to see a C3PO without R2. Mm-hmm. In almost it, in this episode almost Jar Jar is his R2. Like they <laughs> Jar Jar's replacing R2 a little bit. Um which is even funnier honestly because <laughs> Jar Jar just does not know what he's doing sometimes. No. Um, yeah. Should we get on to <laughs> Nomad Droids? Yeah. Oh, this episode. Oh, <laughs> I this love episode. it. It's so good. It's uh, so good. You will hear, uh, <laughs> people will hear Jacob and my thoughts on Nomad Droids. Oh, when's that coming out? That's coming out uh, end of July. Um, and... I'm I'm glad you like it. I'm glad you like it. I can't say the same. I I it it's an interesting episode and I don't think I don't think this episode's for me. I like I don't I don't think it's a bad. I don't think it's bad. I just don't think the way I always think of Nomad Droids and the episode that precedes it as well, Mercy Mission, is that mm. it is an homage to the 80s droids cartoons. Mm. In it is like it, it's one of those. It's just in the modern Clone Wars animation, um, and you know with the Clone Wars devices, um, right? You know, uh, he says to R two in the beginning of the episode, "We have been in the most absurd situations. I could never compute," and that just sounds like something that would introduce droids. Um, even though I haven't, I haven't actually seen droids. I just know like the general hijinks that go on on droids where they're like hopping across the galaxy on adventure after adventure mm. sort of thing i'm interested to see uh, to know why you like this episode i'm interested to know that okay so i love how it starts off with i mean grievous is attacking and it's this you would think that it would be focused on grievous but Grievous is in the background, and yeah. it's C-3PO and R2-D2 that are, like, going through the hallway trying to get away, and they're, like, it's C-3PO's, like, General Grievous, and then they're, like, running, trying to get away, but, um, and there's all, like, bombs going off and blaster fire and crazy stuff happening, and they're just, they're in the foreground, and all that's, like, in the back. And I think that's such a weird way to do a scene, but I love it. It's interesting to, like, to think, like, thematically about that, like, we have this episode, these two episodes with Mercy Mission before it, Mm. that are in the Clone Wars era, but aren't about the Clone War. They take place, like, literally, like you said, but also, like, kind of metaphorically as well, with the Clone Wars in the backdrop. Exactly. With the Clone Wars taking place metaphorically and literally behind them 
Um, I, I never thought of it like that, but it, you make a good point. Um, there's also this idea I had, I think I might have said this on the episode, who knows, we recorded it so long ago, uh, but the, the idea that, you know, after Nomad Droids and Mercy Mission is Umbara and Zygeria. Mm. Mm. I know that because we've recorded episodes on those as well. Um, those arcs are so incredibly dark and morally yeah. deep. So what do the Clone Wars writers give us right before that? Two of the lightest, most fun, and crazy episodes we've ever seen. It's, there's, there's, no, there's no grand themes of anything in these, in the, in these episodes. It's just a fun time. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I will say in, in a sort of bigger sense, C-3PO, well, and R2-D2 together save two civilizations in Nomad Droids. They so, do. I call them, to a degree. I mean, the I, democracy yeah. thing, that's yeah. the issue. But I, I, I call it crushed dictatorships, but like, you know. Oh, okay. Um, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> I was describing to somebody today. I'm like, so yeah, in the first adventure, they crush a dictatorship. In the second adventure, they, oh shoot, they crush a dictatorship. Okay. This is just, this is, this episode could easily have been titled Dictatorship Crushers. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, oh, that's great. Um, <laughs> I, another thing I noticed a lot in this episode is, and, and a lot of other clips too, is C-3PO's tendency, and I love the guy, but he has a tendency, I love the droid, he has a tendency to be an exposition device. Yeah. They'll be dis- surrounded by battle droids. They'll, he'll go, Atu, we're being surrounded by battle droids. I'm like, yes, yes, Captain Obvious. We understand that. <laughs> <laughs> He's just trying to be helpful. I know, I know, I know. I, I call him <laughs> exposition droid like six times here. Um <laughs> Where he, where, where he, where we just see what's going on. And he's like, R2, look! <laughs> it, it feels like I'm watching, it feels like I'm a little put into an episode of like Dora the Explorer, where it's like, you know, can you say we're being surrounded by battle droids? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I thought it was funny when they get to Balnob um, with the pit droids doing the Wizard of Oz thing. Um, <sighs> At one point, C-3PO says, being silent is one of my specialties. Trying to, like, get out of being killed or destroyed by um, the hologram. And you just, uh, like, side-eye him at the moment. He's like, what? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I, I love that, too. Um, It's also interesting um, because... This episode is one of the three occasions I can think of. Scratch that. Four occasions that I can think of. Where we see 3PO powered down. Mm. Phantom Menace. Nomad Droids. Evil Plans. And The Rise of Skywalker. I'm trying to think of anything else. In A New Hope. He, oh yeah he, sure. At the beginning he powers down. Yeah okay. Five. Five occasions that I can think of. I probably missed some too. Um, 
uh, but like, yeah, he's powered down in evil plans because he's kidnapped. Okay, yeah. Um, or droidnapped, I guess. Um, uh, yeah, do you have other things for, um, I guess nomad droids? I just wanted to say that, like, he, he doesn't, in, in this episode, he doesn't seem to shy away from the problem. Like, he is self-preservationist, and he is, you know, worried about about what's going to happen. But he also, even though it turned out badly, he still took the initiative to be like, this is how you run a democracy. And, like, <laughs> even though he tried, failed yeah. tried to help. Um, he attempted. Yeah. And then, you know, he pointed out that Albie DeWall was a hologram and was like you know, oh, this is a hologram, and, um, yeah. so he's, he's trying to, to make a difference. And, of course, the episode ends, um, with a classic 3PL line, because even though, I forget exactly, um, I am programmed, for, I think the line is something like, I am programmed for etiquette and not much of a storyteller, he says in A New Hope, um, mm. and, but, but he says, um, in the beginning, excellent, it's a long story, you wouldn't believe it. It all started when, and then the episode fades out. Um, yeah. it, it, <laughs> for a guy, for a droid who isn't much of a storyteller, he tells a lot of stories. Do you want to get on to Revenge of the Sith? Do you have anything yeah. else? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good choice on this scene. I love this scene so much from Revenge of the Sith. Um, you've talked about a lot about C-3PO's constant desire to help people, mm -hmm. so it makes the line, oh, I feel so helpless, so much, it hurts so much more. Yeah, because he's like, you know, Anakin's like, everything will soon be set right, and he's like all, you know, everything's gonna be okay. And he's Padme's wistful just dark like, side Anakin. Yes. <laughs> and Padme's just so upset and she's even nice to him about it. She's like, you know, there's nothing No thank you, three PO. Yeah, she says no thank you. Like yeah. she's so nice and he's just, you know he's not offended or anything, he just feels helpless. Yeah. Um it, he, uh, the dreamy, wistful dark side Anakin. Love won't save you, Padme. Only my new powers can. Um, <laughs> we can. Uh, I, 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 I am stronger than the Chancellor. I can overthrow him. And together, you. It's, 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 it's so incredibly disgusting. At the same time, as it's so like heartbreaking. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's you. It's you true. see how far, far this guy has fallen. But no, see that C three PO scene uh, is is awesome um yeah uh should we get on to the new hope scenes yeah so we have three of them mm -hmm. um the one where c3po begins his long tenure of being dismantled um <laughs> uh the classic trash compactor scene and the uh scene right after they destroy the death star uh, where C-3PO is a good friend and uh, offers to repair R2 with some of his own circuits. Um, 
yeah. You go ahead with this one, because... So, I feel like with all three of these, he... Well, with the first one, he's, you know, leave me behind and save yourself. So, he's, like, willing to sacrifice himself to let them get away. He is being melodramatic. I get that. But still, yeah, you know, because they're like, oh, stop. Like, come on. But in his head, he thinks he's helping. And then with... um the damaged r2d2 um and offering his parts to save his friend like he's both of those instances he's willing to sacrifice himself to help the other people survive or get by and then in the trash compactor you know he thinks he killed luke and his friends like he thinks he killed all of them and he's so upset about it yeah yeah listen to them all too they're dying it's it, it it's it's the it's that trash compactor scene is one of the most iconic 3po scenes of all of them uh it's a great one um i really enjoy um you know um the classic one which is i'm pretty sure also referenced in the clone wars the episode is children of the force is the episode um uh no shut them all down hurry and it's imitated and it's uh not imitated it's um echoed by yalaren when cad bane's about to escape um uh, no lock them all down hurry um because the thing star wars is most obsessed with is a new hope um when in doubt, reference a new hope. Um, <laughs> it's true. Um, it's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he's very selfless with the, um, if any of my circuits and gears will help, I'll gladly donate them. Um, right. You know, I love the new hope clips, but really, where's the 3PO really gets his iconic stuff is in the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Yeah. So you have the asteroid escape where he is trying so hard to tell Han that the hyperdrive is down. And Han refuses to listen to him. Get the professor in the back. Yeah, he constantly is like shoving him aside and talking back to him. And then when he figures out the hyperdrive doesn't work, C-3PO's like, I tried to tell you. He's like, Uh, I hate that because I'm like he legitimately had a reason for trying to tell you something and you ignored him C-3PO (laughs) is often ignored and cast aside um, by symptom of him being droids by symptom of being a little snippy sometimes Yeah, but mostly him being a droid Um, of course the line I'm going to pull out of here um, is a line that would ever would go down famously in every single Star Wars trivia competition that I think has ever been held. Sir, the odds of successfully circumnavigating an asteroid field is 3,720 to 1. Never tell me the odds. Right. Um, <laughs> which, yeah, it's, it's one of the most iconic exchanges in that movie. Um, yeah. Um, speaking of iconic exchanges... Sir, sir, I've isolated the reverse power flux coupling. Um, well, thank you. Thank first you time Han's ever. First time Han's ever nice to three PO. 
I think. But he's not really nice because he he's, goes, thank you very much. And he's I mean, like upset yeah. about he, it. He's mockingly nice. Yes. It, rem- it reminds me of that sequence from Return of the Jedi where it's a funny sequence, but 3PO must be so annoyed in that sequence where Han asks C-3PO to ask Chief Chirpa about something. Mm-hmm. And then as he's about to go, he turns him back. And he asked him about a different something. Turns back, asked him about a different something. And then he turns back to finally ask all that stuff. And he goes, hurry up, we don't have all day. <laughs> Which... And it's like, he was, uh, he was trying. He was <laughs> trying. He was trying. He, he was trying. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, when when they, you know, he's like, thank you, thank you very much. And C-3PO is, genuinely thinks Han is thankful. And... Yeah. He's just, you know, like, oh, you're welcome. And it's just so excited that Han said thank you to him because he can't read the situation. Yeah. Um, it, uh, these, these, just, these, both of these clips are both such great parts of Empire because, um, you know, they're, the dialogue in that movie, I will admit, is like just top notch, even though it's mm-hmm. not close to the top of my, ranking of the star wars movies it's it's top notch in that movie um yeah uh should we get on to the force awakens yeah and the line that let that lit the internet on fire for a few years <laughs> i thought you know it the... you'll love it oh god the red arm bit was my favorite you probably line. don't recognize me because of the red arm that when so force awakens to be perfectly honest and i love all the star wars movies but you gotta have a least favorite and force awakens happens to be my least favorite interesting and um but that one line i laughed so hard i was just like this is perfection (laughs) like he he He's so excited to see Han, and he wants Han to know that it's him. And so he's, again, trying to be helpful by explaining, but Han's like, I know there there are those who have their problems with Rise of Skywalker and Force Awakens. J.J. Abrams knows how to do C-3PO. He just knows how to do C-3PO. Agreed. He knows how to do that character. Um, It's interesting that Force Awakens is your least favorite. I I'm interested to see how you might react to mine, but I'm not gonna say it. Hmm, maybe hmm. it's Attack of the Clones. Um, yeah, that's um, my second favorite. Ooh, wow, interesting. I know yeah. people. I know people who it's their favorite. So you know, and like you know, my uh, Jacob's least favorite Star Wars movie is my third favorite so you know it's like we have some interesting opinions here on in a galaxy um (laughs) so yeah no but uh but that red arm line i remember i've seen so many memes about that line i have seen like too many memes about that line i I still love that line i it's it's such a and (laughs) the best part is how great the force awakens clip mirrors the previous empire clip because Han and Leia are having this intimate moment both times. And both right. times C-3PO has um, has interrupted. And then, right after he interrupts in Force Awakens, 
Even though this is not part of the clip, I just happen to remember. You changed her hair. Same jacket. No. New jacket. <laughs> and they're talking, Leia and Han are talking about how some things have changed and some things have cha- stayed the same. Right. What's one of those things that's staying the same? 3PO interrupting them every single time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a gr- it's a great little scene. I I love it to death. Um uh, but you know what I love even more than the clips the the 3PO scenes from the Force Awakens. The 3PO scenes in The Rise of Skywalker. Love it. <laughs> Look, I I know this movie is still very 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 controversial. I know you love this movie, and I adore this movie. Um, look, I don't think I can hate a movie that has Babu Freak in it. I don't I, think right? I can. <laughs> right? I don't think I can hate it. I, it has Babu Freak in it, like already. Um, it it has Babu Freak in it. It's 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 uh, yeah. And there's that line. Jumping ahead to that third clip, we want we have four clips from the Rise of Skywalker. We have the, I want you to know that you've been a real friend, Atu. We have um, 3PO on Pasana, um, once every 42 years. And we have two clips on Kijimi, one where 3PO decides to make the ultimate sacrifice. And the second one where where we get Sith 3PO, um, which is scary. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm jumping to that third clip. Um which is one of my favorite lines from the sequel trilogy. You know the odds better than any of us, 3PO. Which sounds like your generic Star Wars line, until you realize it's a direct callback to Never Tell Me the Odds. Um, And the constant times where C-3PO is telling everybody the odds of everything getting done. Which I didn't pick up on the first time. Um, You know, there's there's that thing where I forget who it is. I think it's like... I think it's John Favreau or Dave Filoni or somebody who talk about having fun with the Star Wars universe, but not making fun with it. It's Taika Waititi who talks about it has fun, but it takes itself seriously. And that's one of those lines where it has fun and it takes itself seriously. Yeah. I like that. It, it like Yeah. That. These scenes are great. I think that it's interesting because, you know, before when C-3PO is told the odds, the ignored him or brushed him off but this time you know she's being serious about They're it asking and him. they they want him to yeah contribute it, it's not just an arc from the, the previous movies it's also an arc from that movies you know we have that um part in that second clip where they're on pasana and he's like the aki aki festival of ancestors happens once every 42 years it's filled with all these sweets and all that and they just all look back at him and he looks at them he's like, like he looks behind him he's like are they who are they tell, why are they looking this way <laughs> and, 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 and no the thing i was thinking of is like they, they look and he's like you asked i answered you asked <laughs> <laughs> it's great um yeah um I'd also love to t- quickly touch upon that first clip, which is the I want you to know you've been a real friend, R2. Yeah. One of, I'd say, Force Awakens' shortcomings, um, the, their, its few shortcomings, is the is that sometimes Force Awakens doesn't take enough time to slow down mm-hmm. and 
build those character moments, especially once we get off of Jakku. Right. Um, but JJ seemed to improve upon that here because it's just a small moment, but it really sets up the the moment where C-3PO sacrifices himself later, um, where we realize that, you know, yes, every mission C-3PO could not make it back from, but it's especially important this one because we know this is the last movie in the Skywalker saga. So there are real stakes now for C-3PO. Um, yeah. Uh... And I just love that even though R2 and him are so snippy with each other, that he's like, you know what? Regardless of all that, you're my best friend. And yeah. I really care about you. And I I just love that. I think it is the... And then in the, the junior novel adaptation of Rise of Skywalker, it has... The way it writes that scene... Uh, the... Is it that? No, it's the the way it writes the ending of the movie and R2 and C-3PO coming back together is so beautiful and I teared up like it. The junior novel, the junior adaptation of Rise of Skywalker is a brilliant novel. Um, Interesting. I have the Ray <laughs> Carson novelization, which is also extremely good. Yeah. Um I'll have to check that out. Um <laughs> But yeah, it it does such a good job of showing how deep their relationship is and I love that. Yeah, that's that's great. Um there's a line here that I still get teary-eyed at and I know there's some people who aren't crazy about this line and I think that's a little weird, but like there's that line that we all know from the trailers. What you doing there, Threepio? Taking one last look, sir, at my friends. And I know there are a bunch of people who are like, Oh, but those aren't really C-3PO's friends. I mean, Luke and Leia and Han. I'm like, they're still his friends. It's like that. there's yeah. that line that Maz says in The Force Awakens. You know, I've seen evil take many forms. The Sith, the Empire. Today it's the First Order. And like, you know... 3PO over the years have seen many different forms of friends. You know, Anakin and Padme in the prequels, Luke and Leia in the originals, and now, you know, and now Rey and Finn and Poe in the sequels. Right. He hasn't known them for that long, but they make the same impact. Right. I, I think the idea of those aren't his friends is, like, kind of ridiculous because they Agreed. are his friends. Exactly. Yeah. I Yeah, I, I wrote that that quote down i'm taking one last look at my friends i yeah i just because he knows that this is like the first time that he hasn't gone into self-preservation mode and he's like i really do need to make this sacrifice regardless of what it might do yeah and it's an interesting i've, I've been thinking a lot about this because you know there is that movement to bring Ben Solo back from the dead which I personally don't side with but I'm like I gotta make myself okay with this in case it happens um <laughs> so I was I'm, I'm thinking about Ben coming back to life like similar to 3PO coming back to life 
where like like, like similar to three PO like erasing his memory because the, the effects of that aren't lasting in the rest. Of right. Skywalker. He gets his memory back. Mm-hmm. The thing is, he still goes through with it with the first place. He didn't know that was going to happen. He he says straight up to them, R2's memory banks are famously unreliable. Right. He knows that there is a... He thinks there's a 100% chance that he's that, he, that, that his memory's going to be gone for good. Right. Even if he doesn't... Maybe he doesn't think that. Even He, he thinks there's a high chance that his memory's going to be gone for good. So he still does it. He still makes the move. Um, and then we get mm-hmm. Sith 3PO, which is, like, <laughs> horrifying. I remember all those fan theories pre-Rise of Skywalker about, oh, how was Sith 3PO gonna be done? Um, yeah. <laughs> those red eyes. Yeah. I My original theory for that was that they were going to have to... Um, implant him with triple zero's personality matrix from the dr afro comics oh that's That's what i thought was gonna happen but obviously it didn't but that would have been cool (laughs) yeah i am terrifying i had some interesting theories about um sequel trilogy yeah for sure um i feel like i and like about this the general uh disney stuff as well um but like yeah it's 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 this it's this crazy scene it's like i never thought we were gonna see a different something different inside the repio Mm -hmm. they went there but they went there Mm -hmm. it's 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 incredible um i do want to point out one more line that's not in the scene but is it later in the rise of skywalker which is just my god it's the best scene it's the best line ever (laughs) Babu Freak, he is my oldest friend. Yes! Which is just the funniest line ever. I, I love that line. And, and like, it's it's right when, this is the fun part, it's right after, this is what 3PO excels at, is adding humor to situations that seem so humorless. Mm-hmm. Ray's just been told she's a Palpatine, like, five minutes before. Like, that's what, that's what the part of the movie we're in where 3PO says that where but but 3PO is just like yep nope um i'm just going to um i'm just going to talk about babu freak my oldest friend uh yeah <laughs> i'm pretty sure i read that ben the comedian ben schwartz um who is a friend of jj abrams wrote a lot of the c3po dialogue for rise of skywalker and he did a fantastic job. Anything else you got to say about any of these clips before we move on to uh, our next part of the show? Um, no, I think we pretty much covered everything. And yeah. I feel like I, I got a decent defense of my one of my absolute favorite characters who I think is super relatable and people shouldn't hate on. No, they shouldn't. Um, it, <laughs> 3PO is... Again, as I said before, he, uh, he's such an interesting character. He's there for everything. I also like the idea that, like, there's very, like, kids enter the story through 3PO a lot. Mm-hmm. That, like, C-3PO is such a relatable character, and R2 are such relatable characters to kids especially. Um, you know, when it was only six movies, when we only had six movies, there was that fact that C-3PO said the first line in New Hope mm-hmm. and the last line in Revenge of the Sith. 
that he was this like kind of framing device character. I think we should get on to everybody's favorite part of Star Wars in the Galaxy. Here we go. Whew. What you've brought me today is worth one quarter portion. Welcome to a one quarter portion. The portion of in a galaxy where we do a little something different. Um, and so what I've been doing for a lot of these ones I've been recording during the summer is um, I've been doing these uh, quick rank things where I list a category and we talk about our top five things in that category. If you're up for doing that, Marie. Yeah. Um, uh, my first quick rank um, is uh, the top five. Um, we were talking about this earlier. Most underrated Star Wars scenes. I was talking mm. about the. I was talking about the storytelling scene being very unrelated, uh, uh, underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'll take. I'll. I want to expand this to anything. So uh, movies and uh, TV, and even you can add some books and comic stuff. I'm not going to know much from there, but like. Oh gosh. Okay. Um. So one of them is Cantobite. Um. I feel like. And this may be more not so much underrated as wrongly maligned. Give it too much crap. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Canto bite scene is brilliant. Like it, all those those yeah. car- the aliens are just so good. And there's random weird moments of humor and like the um later on and not not the beginning part but when the um the uh oh gosh oh gosh the fathers <laughs> i was like how did i forget that the fathers are um you know galloping through and there's the opera singer lady and oh, yeah. like just weird stuff but then one thing that's really cool that i noticed is that um one of uh, there's Dadabin, Wadabin, and Thadabin, I think. The the it's little like yeah the the little reptile aliens that are kind of short. Um, you see them, and they have a novella in the Canto Bite collection of novellas, and I love that you see them. And then they wrote a novella based off of it. Yeah, the Canto Bite, I've heard like so many criticisms of that scene. It's there's they're I think they're wrongly directed. I've heard one that like, oh, it's too long. I'm like Yeah, sure, it goes on for a minute too long, maybe. That's what I can stretch about it. Like, maybe if you're not into that stuff, it goes on a minute too long. But no, it's it's a genius sequence. Um, yeah 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 what's your number four for that one um another one would be the um i love the in attack of the clones um the battle the droid factory scene like i think there's there's danger and edge of your seat action but also humor because of C-3PO and R2-D2. And yeah. I, I love how it's this mesh of all these different kinds of aspects of, of um, uh, genre. I think that's, that's really, really cool. It's a crazy sequence, I'll give it that. It's a crazy yeah. sequence. I enjoy it. 
<laughs> Go ahead, number three. Um, so this one may not be that it's more that it's not as well known, but people that know about it, they know that it's epic. Um, when in the comics, when Boba Fett tells Darth Vader the name of the pilot that destroyed the Death Star. I know the frame. I know the frame. It's the broken glass on yes. the Star Destroyer. Yes. Yeah. Like, more people need to know about this particular panel because it is so powerful and so intense because he's just, like, breaking the glass with his mind because he's like, oh, God, I have a son. It, and... it is. It, it's crazy. It's it's a it's a I've seen the panel. It's it's breathtaking. Yeah, um, I I love love that. Okay. Um, Do we have your fourth one? Fourth one. Um, so I would say. So this is a little more of a deeper cut, um, and it is from a the Doctor Afro series. But when um, Dr. Aphra 6 bore Mifrian, so a relative of Bore Gullet, on her girlfriend um, and Dear God. makes her girlfriend think that she killed Aphra. And Afra's reaction to doing something so horrible, and she did it to save both of the, them from Darth Vader. Like, she did it for a reason. But it's so epically sad and heartbreaking, and you see Afra just completely break down, and she's just in the fetal position, crying, and is in so much pain because she did this. And you don't see this woman in pain. Like, she does not cry. And so to see her in a moment where she knows what she did was truly terrible is just really powerful and and <laughs> it it definitely made me tear up when I when I read that scene. You lost me at Borgullet. Um no, I'm joking. <laughs> uh I yeah, okay. Um that that's crazy though. That 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 entire I've heard a lot of people talk about how crazy that comic series is and how mm -hmm. much like ridiculous things happen in that and a cousin of Borgullet is something I'm going to have to mull over for a little bit of a while. <laughs> um, I don't like that. Because um, they're all they're Mara they're Marains, the species. But they have like individual names. Which doesn't really make sense, but it, yeah, I thought a species was also Borgullet, but okay. Yeah, okay. it's a anyway. It's it, that's a, yeah, it's a, I I mean I I <laughs> I mean, I like Rogue One okay, I just like, that scene is, uh, that scene seems so strange, um, from yeah. that movie. Um, what's your, what's your number five? So, number five will be, um, oh gosh, I just had it in my head. Um, so, okay, I know, the, the scene that everybody hates, that they, the special edition changed it, and so they're really upset about it, but... Jabba's Palace, that song, I oh, love. Oh, Neck. Yes, I love Sice Noodles, and I love Joe Yowza, and I love that whole thing. Like, I have a tattoo of Ula, like, that, that whole, you know, 
bit, but I, I just, I love that song so much. It, it's, <laughs> it's, it's great. I actually, I, I love it a lot. Um, I had the CD that that the only thing on the CD was that song was Lofty Neck. Yes. Yeah. It's a it's a nut. That is a nut scene. Um, it's from my favorite Star Wars movie, so of course I love it. But you know, um, yeah. Okay, here we go for mine. Number five was a very recent one from the Bad Batch episode decommissioned. Um, with, um, which is the one with the Bad Batch and Rafa and Trace. Mm -hmm. Um, when the droid army, like, the droids come out of them manufacturing against the, um, police on Corellia. That scene is not talked about enough, um, because another scene did it before they did with the Mandalorian and all those Mandalorians coming out of the covert Mm. in chapter three. But, like, it's kind of another version of that, but it's also, like, you know, we see, like, the programming of the droids where they say orders are orders and they just move out against the police. And we see Wrecker just recently having activated the chip a little bit inside himself. Mm -hmm. It didn't go fully out until Battle Scars, but, you know, he had that good soldiers follow order thing in his head. Mm -hmm. And seeing the... Like the the contrasting the programmings there and seeing the epicness of all those droids coming out, that scene's not talked up talked enough about, and it's just it's not in one of those like episodes that everyone's like, oh, that's the best, but it should be because it's 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 an incredible moment. I agree. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's uh, it's not talked about enough in my opinion. Number four, um, the crate dragon in the Marshall in Chapter Nine, the Marshall, the Mandalorian. I hated, I was on a big train of hating Tatooine until the Marshal <laughs> redeemed that in my eyes. For a lot of people, the Marshal redeemed, uh, the Mandalorian redeemed Boba Fett for them, and while that's true for me, the Marshal redeemed Tatooine. Like, I like Tatooine so much more now. I'm I'm fully on back on the Tatooine train because of that episode, pretty much. <laughs> um... Nice. I, I I just really liked um number three and just that crate dragon fight is so great and yeah I, I I'm I'm a I'm a decently big Kotor fan and that's like a scene from Kotor so that's pretty cool <laughs> um number three opening scene of the Phantom Menace Qui Gon and Obi Wan going out on those droids yes! that is one of the best scenes from that movie I'm I I it just is. Uh, it's it. We've never seen before that Jedi going full action on their opponents on those droids. Um, and those are the first appearances of battle droids in combat. It, mm-hmm. It's a crazy sequence, and it doesn't it get is. enough credit. And you get the first chronological. I have a bad feeling about this. Yep, that's that's good too. Um, number two and number one are very personal to me. Number two is from my favorite episode of Star Wars, The Clone Wars, The Deserter, um, when Cut and Rex talk about names and about yeah. why Cut left. I, we have an entire episode that's just basically me ranting about how great The Deserter is. Um, it's called, it's episode 42, Star Wars in a Galaxy, A Lesson of Choice. Uh, that scene is fantastic. I rant so much on that episode about why I love it. It's, it's beautiful. Number one, the scene consists of two words and two words only. I've talked so much about how much I love this scene. Um, I actually did it in the last scene between themes, 
Um, two words. Ray Skywalker. Most underrated scene in Star Wars. Period. I don't care. That scene is my favorite scene in that entire trilogy. Period. It's just this. It, it's it. It feel. I know there are people who are, who have their different complaints about it. The idea that that the message that this will send to the newer generations of Star Wars fans, and especially mm-hmm. the the young women who are watching this, that you can have a yeah. seat at the table, that you can be involved in these big stories, is just like I'm. You know, there is that idea that I hold fast to of I can't wait for like 10 or 15 years later until the sequels are loved as much as the prequels are now yeah and I I'm I, I I feel like I really feel like Ray Skywalker is going to be one of people's favorite scenes like 10 15 years from now um it, it it's it's a beautiful scene I couldn't imagine the sequel trilogy ending any other way a and B it's a, it's something that I had been thinking up until the rise of Skywalker, but I never thought they'd actually acknowledge in the movie mm-hmm. that Ray is like nobody. Palpatine, she is whoever you want her to be. Uh, at the end of the day, but more importantly than that, she is a Skywalker. She is good. She is she she is the Skywalker of the trilogy. It's right. it's a beautiful scene, and I I love it to death. And I um, love that she chose her family. Yes. Instead of letting the baggage from her blood family bring her down, she's like, "No, I'm choosing my family." Yeah. The, this is my family. It's a it is a beautiful sequence. I agree um, completely. And, yeah, and like and anytime you want to make me cry in Star Wars, you just slap on binary sunset the binary sunset theme which of course ray skywalker does shortly after that and i'm like okay this is perfect um (laughs) yeah okay um uh the final part of in a galaxy before we go when we have a new guest on we have uh we ask them some some questions this is our speed round except for not really because star wars fans take forever to answer things but uh it's our it's our attempt at a speed round um i got 10 questions for you okay um and then we'll end this thing out okay here we go uh tough one first who is your favorite star wars character anakin skywalker not darth vader anakin skywalker (laughs) i mean he's born as anakin and he dies as anakin so yeah i don't know what to tell you uh (laughs) okay what is your Star Wars movie ranking? If you don't have a complete ranking, you can tell us like a top five or a favorite or something like that. So first is Rogue One. And then second is Attack of the Clones. And I I don't really know where to put Rise of Skywalker, but I find that Rise of Skywalker is like my current go-to. Like it's the one I want to watch the most when I randomly want to watch a Star Wars movie. So I feel like it may be tied with Attack of the Clones at this point. Um, and then third would be um, uh, Revenge of the Sith. And then Phantom Menace. And then uh, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> and Return of the Jedi and... 
Solo are kind of tied. And then Empire Strikes Back and Last Jedi are kind of tied. And then um, A New Hope and then Force Awakens. Interesting order. Interesting, interesting order. <laughs> I, I've heard so many different types of orders on um, from listening to people uh, on the show, and I'm, I'm fascinated by that. Um, <laughs> I'm interested in your answer, and I think I might know your answer, but I'm interested anyway. Um, number three, favorite non-movie Star Wars media that people are missing out on? Hmm. I mean, I... I, I guess because it is so visual at the same time that it's written, I'd say the comics. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I love the most, most of the adult novels I really enjoy. And I, I, I mean, I literally read all of it. I even read C-3PO does not like sand, which is a, um, children's book like father like son (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so you know i i i love all those too those are really cute chewy and the porgs like the the children's books are really cute i I might have that somewhere over here love that stuff i am a huge porg fan i have this right here i have like 16 funko pops like just right out of sight so you can't see them um, actually, speaking of some people, I just got Ray Skywalker right here. Um, Ooh. Her lightsaber, her lightsaber is bent. You can't exactly see it. I was very disappointed when it came in the mail. Her lightsaber was bent. Oh uh, no! Yeah, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I love love porks. Love chewing the porks. Good stuff. Um, who is your favorite Star Wars background character? Everyone has one. Hmm. Okay, I'm fa- okay. Admiral Radis. Oh, interesting. Admiral good, good because one. I love how he is, you know, wanting to go fight. I say we fight, and like wants yeah. to go out and and do the thing, and then he does without telling anybody, and he's like, yeah. you know, these people are are being dumb. I, I'm gonna take care of business, and that I just- star destroyer is disabled. I I love him. He is wonderful. Amaratus <laughs> is pretty fun. Um, what, in your opinion, is the coolest Star Wars species? Oh, Twi'leks for sure. Like, like I said, I I have an Ula tattoo, so it's yeah. an Ula Hello Kitty tattoo. That's interesting. <laughs> um, That's interesting. Yeah. So I love Twi'leks. A bunch. I think they're super cool. Um, what is your favorite Star Wars planet? Hmm. Hmm. Probably Naboo. Probably. I'm trying to think if there's any. Thing that I'm missing. No, I think Naboo because you get like two completely different groups of um, sentience on Naboo, and the architecture is really cool, and their culture is really cool. Like, uh, 
uplifting the art so much and the way they have like a music um administrator and like administrators for all these different things like an astronomy administrator it's just i think their whole culture is fascinating so i would say naboo yeah good good choice i i like i like naboo a lot as well um there's that quote that jacob quotes a lot from the darth plagueis book um uh, naboo is a uh, theed is a fascinating city if you like museums um, <laughs> well, I grew up going to museums all the time, so well, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you were in the Star Wars universe, what do you think your job would be? What do you want your job? What would you want your job mm. to be? What would my job be? That's a really good question. Um, I mean, I think... So I'm a science educator at a museum, and I wonder how science education would work in Star Wars since the Force exists. I was about to say, I imagine it'd have to do a lot with midichlorians. Yeah, so I don't know. That would be interesting to be some sort of science-related thing to figure out how the Force would connect with science. I, you could literally say to people, no, that's not how the Force works. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, what more would he want, honestly? Um, <laughs> uh, so, George Lucas in the behind-the-scenes uh, documentary for episode one, The Phantom Menace, uh, reportedly said, um, you know, it's like poetry. You know, they rhyme. Every stanza sort of rhymes with the last. Hopefully it'll work. Um, one of the reasons why I love that quote so much is it's, it's so true. There's so many examples. What is your favorite example of, you know, it's like poetry, you know, they rhyme? Hmm. It can be from anything, too. It doesn't have to okay. be from next to the So I, I really liked the, um, the parallel that got noted between the Clone Wars Season 7 episode where they were in where the Martez sisters and Ahsoka were in the ship and it went by Anakin and Yularen and Anakin like could like you could tell he knew that Ahsoka was there but he let it go and like in um then in the original trilogy when like a similar thing happens when Darth Vader kind of lets it go so it's, it's a great one yeah i think that's I, I like that a lot yeah um okay um if you could take one item or force power from star wars into the real world what would it be i don't know that i would have a use for a lightsaber but that would be really cool <laughs> um hmm a really good question i guess i'll just go with ooh, one force power that'd be really cool to have it would be psychometry like quinlan voss so where you touch something and you get like basically memories from the object that would be really cool i'm pretty sure i uh, some another one of our guests said that and yeah it's, it's, <laughs> it's, i i can see how it's so popular 
where you can see the uh, history of uh, an object. I remember using it a lot when I was playing Fallen Order. Um, yeah. Um, okay. Finally, I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna share the screen. And I will show you um, a the, the name of a character. All I want you to do is tell me how you pronounce that name because it's it's it, there have been many different ways of this pronunciation. I'm curious. Okay, I'm back. Um, okay, here we go. So, um, I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna share the screen, and I will show you, um, a, the, the name of a character. All I want you to do is tell me how you pronounce that name, because it's, it's, it, there have been many different ways of pronunciation, I'm curious. Okay. You're seeing this. Yeah. Zam Wessel. Okay, thank you. Um, the streak continues. Literally every other guest I've had on this show um, has also pronounced it Zamwessel because that is indeed the correct pronunciation. Um, a friend of the show, Devor, has um, said that he learned the pronunciation Zamwazel uh, from the video hmm. game Star Wars Bounty Hunters, which is just frankly incorrect. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the streak keeps going. Every single one other than him that's come onto the, the show has said, um, Sam Whistle. Um, that's crazy. Uh, okay. <laughs> it continues. We've had, like, eight or nine guests on. Uh, so it continues. Um, okay. Um, so, before we go, uh, Marie, please take this opportunity to plug where you can be found and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So you can find me on Twitter at Alia Morgan. You can find my review blog where I, it's been a little light recently, um, but I'm hoping to pick it back up soon. Um, I usually, I like to post every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on my blog. It's the starwarsreview.blogspot.com. And I have almost 500 reviews on oh, it. Oh, no. So. Wait. I. Um, oh, no. Wait, Marie, you broke up. I'm so sorry. I didn't get that last okay. part in there. Okay. <laughs> um, so I on so I have a review blog, the starsreview.blogspot.com, where I have about 500 reviews so far. And I mean, it's everything: children's books, adult novels, kids' comics, adult comics, uh, TV shows. The only thing I don't review are movies. That's the only thing I don't review. Um, just cause I don't know. The other stuff is, is more, you know, comes out all the time. Um, so there's that. And then of course there is Afra's artifacts on YouTube where I talk about queer star Wars and I love doing that. It's a lot of fun. Um, there are way more queer characters than you could ever possibly imagine. And it is so much fun to talk about them. Unfortunately, they are like 98% found in the written material, <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's still really cool to bring them out and be like, look, this is someone you can relate to. And I love being able to do that because I want people to see themselves in star Wars. Absolutely, and I think that's 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 great. Um, thanks so much for again uh, coming on. Um, I'll do our quick plug. You can find in a galaxy um, at in a galaxy pod on Twitter at Star Wars in a Galaxy on Instagram. You can uh, find our 
show on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your podcast, we'll be there for not. Let us know, um, and we'll see what we can do about getting on there. Um, indeed, you can also email us, galaxy at gmail.com. We love getting emails from listeners and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, yeah, um, next week, what's happening next week? This schedule is next week. We are going to be taking a week off. Um, we pre-recorded a lot of content uh, this summer because Jacob is unfortunately not around, but we're taking the week off. But the next week after that, we will resume with our regularly scheduled show. Um, it will be episode 56 of Star Wars in a Galaxy. We will be watching, coincidentally enough, Shadow Warrior, Mercy Mission, and Nomad Droids, believe it or not. Um, that's a weird coincidence. That lined up pretty well. So you'll hear Jacob and my full thoughts about those three episodes. Um, <laughs> I, I, we definitely have thoughts. I'll just say that. We, we have thoughts. Um, yeah, until then, um, may the Force be with you. Always.